If you can turn with me to Psalm 23, a fairly familiar psalm, probably the most familiar of all psalms in the Bible, but I'm hoping that um, as we go through the first three verses of this chapter, they will also bring some added joy, commitment, and direction to our lives. The Psalm of David, one of many. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just want to touch on the first three verses once more, so I read them. Once more, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. So far, the word of our Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is one of many psalms in in the In the book of Psalms, they deal with all different types of, you can say Psalms, this book, 150 Psalms. Some are wisdom, some are kingly, some are more messianic. Some are laments, either you can say personal or public. Um, Some are the glories of God's revelation. But this psalm here is more of a song of confidence, And I hope as we go through it, it will bring confidence to your mind, your heart, to your life. Because this this psalm really asks, what is your life about? We live in a Western world where many people think life is about what you got. the, The riches of this world. Many people think that's what life is about. And that can creep into the church. What's your life about? Is it about the things you have, your cars, your, your home, your vacations? Is that what your life is about? And David, he went through all kinds of struggles. As a young man, he was a shepherd of sheep. But then when he became a king, he was sort of a shepherd again in a different way. He was supposed to take care of God's people But as a great man, you could say, probably one of the most powerful men of his time, he says these words, hey, I I want to publicly proclaim it. My life is about this, first of all. 
the Lord is my shepherd. And he makes it a great proclamation. He wants people to know that he is like a foolish sheep who needs a good shepherd and that the Lord is the best there is. Do you go in your life, do people around you, maybe the people you work with, maybe the person in the pews next to you, your family members, the people down the street, the people you go out with at sometimes, do they hear and see in you, the Lord is my shepherd? Although I'm vulnerable, although I'm foolish at times, he's my shepherd. I want to proclaim it. I want people to know about it. And that's why, do you first of all belong to him? Do you recognize his right on you? Because if he's your shepherd, he's your manager, he's your boss, you could say, do you recognize his right on your life? Do you respond to his authority and acknowledge his ownership, that he purchased you, that you belong to him? And do you find freedom in that and complete fulfillment in saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I belong to him. I acknowledge his authority in my life. I I recognize his right over me. Does that bring you freedom and complete fulfillment in this arrangement? Do you sense a purpose and a deep commitment because you are under his direction and care? Because that's what David really emphasized when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And I hope that as we go through this, these first three verses, that will invigorate that desire in you. Invigorate that, say, hey, I belong to him. Jesus is my good shepherd. He laid his life down for me. As we go through these three passages, I hope you more recognize his right over you, and it's a good thing. It's a, free, it's a freedom. Jesus says, hey, if you follow me, I set you free. I hope that you sense a great response to his authority in your life and a greater purpose, a deeper commitment to him as we go through these verses. He, he starts off and he says, I shall not be in want. Now, what does that mean to you, being not in want? He, he expresses it as, he's my shepherd, so... I don't need anything else, really. Everything else is like gravy. Yeah, it's, I can have it, but I don't really need it. That's, he, he's not saying the Lord is my shepherd because he gives me everything I want. That's what the world wants you to fall into. Hey, I, I, he's, my, he's my shepherd, and look what he's all done for me. He's, he's given me good health. He's given me success in this or success in that. I'm, I'm a part of a, a great church. Is, is that the, the most important thing in your life? Having a nice family, having the things of this world, having a nice home, having nice vehicles. Because sometimes we can, we can have this idea that... Um, I'm not in want because I have good health. Considered in the world we live in, fairly wealthy. 
nice family, friends, nice congregation. Is, is that what you say, okay, I'm not in want because I have those things? Because there's going to be a time in your life that those things could be taken away from you. In the last little while, you could say even meeting together as a congregation wasn't always able to be done, was it? It's wonderful to see you as a full congregation here worshiping the Lord, but not too distant future past wasn't the case, was it? We felt a little bit away from each other. And that can happen. Persecution, some, some, some Christians in this world, severe persecution keeps them away from other believers, sometimes even in prison for long periods of time because they're a follower of Jesus Christ. And Christians can lack health sometimes. Wealth, even a family. I know many Christians who their family isn't all that good. So do you say I'm not in want because I have those things? Or do you say I'm not in want because I have Jesus? Because all the other things are going to one day be fleeting in your life. Do you say, you know what, the best thing I have, Jesus, the creator of the universe, came down, gave his life for me to be my shepherd, laid his life down for me so I can be included in his fold, the sheep of his pasture. He loves me. So nothing else, it, it can be nice, but all the other stuff it doesn't really matter. That's what Paul said near the end of his life or thought that the end of his life in the book of Philippians. He said, I've, I've learned the secret of contentment. If I have little or I have a lot, the secret is no matter what, I have Christ, the good shepherd leading me onwards. No matter what happens, nothing in all creation can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the secret of contentment, the secret of saying, hey, I'm not in want. I'm content. And then he goes on. He says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Notice he doesn't say he lets me feed in green pastures, lets me lie down in green pastures. Now, I read a book about um, a shepherd taking care of a sheep. He was a shepherd first, and he became a pastor. So he had good, you can say, um, interest or um, understanding of how sheep are to be taken care of. And he, he mentioned very strongly that sheep are very skittish. And they don't lie down too easily if a number of things aren't really happening in their lives. The first is fear. If a, if a sheep is afraid, it's not going to lay down in green pastures. It's going to be always looking around. He was mentioned, if a rabbit runs across the field, all the sheep kind of are a little bit nervous. And another thing, friction amongst the sheep causes them to not settle down and just lay down in green pastures. So fear and friction between the sheep causes them not to lie down. And also, if they're free of pests, the number of bugs, especially one that comes in their ears and their mouth, it causes great turmoil, and they're running around and even bumping into each other. 
So those things cause them not to lay down in green pastures. And then also free of hunger. If they're, if they're, if they're really hungry, they won't lay down in the green pastures. Now, how does that reflect to us? Um, do you trust in this fearful world that God, Jesus Christ, your, your Savior, your Good Shepherd, will get you through everything? He said, I conquered the world. Don't worry. I conquered the world. I conquered sin, Satan, and death for you. So you don't have to worry. You don't have to be afraid of anything, really. There's all kinds of fearful things in the world today with pandemics and wars and all these things. It can make people very afraid. And then we're not settled as laying down like a sheep in green pastures. But Jesus says, I want you to believe I'm the good shepherd. He, this, this, um, this author wrote that it was interesting. If, if there was some animals around, the sheep would stand up and constantly be in fear. But if he was standing amongst the sheep, they could lay down even when there was some animals like they could see. So his presence allowed them to lay down in green pastures, even if there wasn't enemies around. And do you know the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, that he's truly with you? He, says, he said to us, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. If you truly trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to fear because he's with you. And that friction sometimes can cause us not to be too settled in the congregation too, isn't it? Sometimes we can get each other's nerves. But what does Jesus in your life help you to be? Philippians 2 says, hey, have the same attitude as Christ Jesus who gave his life down for you. So that changed attitude and says, you know what, I don't think the same as this area or that area, but hey, we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. When friction goes away, it's a lot easier just to settle down, isn't it? And as a congregation, may any friction that happens with people in the congregation, may you say, hey, we're brothers, and so let's talk about this in a loving way. If there needs to be forgiveness, forgive. If it needs to be willing to accept forgiveness, forgive. Because friction causes you to be less settled as a congregation. And free of pests. The world, Satan, and our own sinful nature, those are pests, aren't they? But Jesus amongst us, the Holy Spirit walking in step with the Spirit, continually saying no to that stuff. When, the, when, when Jesus is with you, when you pray regularly for Jesus, to Jesus, and say, Jesus, help me in this area, these pests in my life, these things that are dis- distracting me, controlling me, help me. You're my good shepherd. May your word and your spirit, may they direct me more clearly so that these pests, the world, Satan, and my own sinful nature don't draw me away so I'm, I'm not laying down in green pastures, being satisfied in the Lord. And the last one, hunger. I'm talking about spiritual hunger here. Do you regularly meet with Jesus, you could say? Do you read your word regularly? Not just coming to church on Sunday. That's a wonderful thing to do. But is it part of your life 
to be fed Jesus because Jesus says everything in the Bible is about him. So the more you read the Bible, the more you study the Bible, the more you come together in, in Bible studies, the more you're being fed so you can lay down in green pastures, you could say, be, be, at, be at, at ease in this broken world, even though there is enemies around, even though there can be some friction at time, even when there's these great pests around us, the world, Satan, and our own sinful nature, then we can say, hey, I'm satisfied in Christ because I get fed by Christ on a regular basis. May that be true of each of you. They said, hey, I'm settled in Christ. And you need to be fed by that, to be encouraged so that you can, you can say, lie down in green pastures, be satisfied in your relationship with the Lord as your good shepherd. And then he says, he leads me beside still waters. Um, notice he doesn't say, I drink from still waters. He leads me to still waters. I remember he talked about these sheep, that he would sometimes have to bring them to um, a, a nice, cool, watered place. But to get there, they had to go through muddy places. He remember one time he talked about he took these sheep for several miles to a place where there was cool, refreshing water for the sheep. But some of the sheep on the way got foolish and started drinking from the puddles. And the sheep that was going before them, they would do some business in these puddles. So the sheep that would come along afterwards were drinking feces from the sheep before them. And guess what that happens? They get very sick. And sometimes there's a similar thing in us. We're not satisfied with the word of God, so we take matters into our hands. We try to get satisfied here, try to get satisfied with this, with this lifestyle, or with this thing in our life, with maybe some things you see on the internet. Maybe it it, it settles you in some way you think it does, or maybe taking alcohol or some other drug. You said, hey, that'll settle me a little bit. I'm, I'm thirsty for something. I need something in my life. And you can fall into taking stuff that's eventually going to destroy you. Just like those sheep, some of them got so sick they had to be put down. And he says, no, he leads me beside still waters. He brings me to the still waters. And what are the still waters? His word. Well, you can say the word about Jesus Christ. Jesus says, I am living water. Remember he said to the woman at the well, He says, hey, I am living water. Do you believe Jesus is your living water? That he is that still waters that you need and that you're going to be refreshed by him. Again, taking him in on a regular basis, not finding your comfort, your your thing that you say, hey, maybe this can help me or that can help me. Do you see Christ in his word as the still waters for you? that will satisfy you, that truly satisfy you. And then he says he restores my soul. Now, some, some commentators I read said, okay, this is now he's talking no longer about the sheep analogy. But the opposite of being restored from, my, from your soul is to be downcast. Some of the psalms says, oh, my soul is downcast. Why is my soul so downcast within me? 
Maybe you've read that, Psalm 42. But the opposite is being have a restored soul. And sheep can be, they don't, they're not downcast, but there's a word for it. It's called cast. I don't know if you, you'll check it out later on um, the internet, that sheep and cast. What happens is when sheep, for several reasons, sometimes their wool is too, too much wool on them. Or sometimes the wool is full of mud on one side or the other. Sometimes they're just in a bad place. But what happens is it causes the sheep to fall on its back and it can't get up. It can't get up anymore. And if it's really hot weather, the sheep on its back have a few hours to live. If the, she- if the shepherd doesn't get to them quickly in hot weather because maybe too much wool or maybe too much dirt or manure on their sheep on one side, it can flip over. Sometimes it goes over a, a more a, a geographical area where it's not too comfortable and it slips and it falls on its back. It won't get up again unless somebody helps it. Unless a shepherd comes along or somebody else comes along and turns the sheep over. And he says he restores my soul. In a sense, we can be downcast at times, can't we? For several different reasons. Sometimes we just have too much stuff in our lives. The more stuff you have in your lives, the more you concentrate on the stuff rather than Christ. And you can become downcast. Because you're so concentrating on the stuff, your, your, your joy in being with the Lord and being in fellowship with God through Jesus Christ seems kind of distant. The stuff in your lives can make you cast can, or downcast. It can turn you over. And you need the good shepherd to turn you over. Just like he did, the, remember Jesus said he, he told a parable about the lost sheep I wonder if that sheep that he was looking for was cast over and he had to hurry up. That's why he left the 99. I better get after this one sheep. Hurry. Maybe it was hot day and he needed to get to that sheep to turn it over. And sometimes in our lives, we have too much stuff in our lives, too many things of this world to, concentrate, to, to you can say, to fill our minds, our hearts, and our lives. And Jesus needs to flip us over to deal with us, to focus us on him again and so that we have, that our, our souls are restored in our relationship with him. And sometimes sin can pull us down and just like manure or all kinds of mud on one of the sides of the sheep can flip it over. Sometimes our own sin, not just stuff, because it can even be good stuff. We concentrate on it too much. It can be idols in our lives. But sin can flip us over too. We're, we're living, maybe nobody knows it, but we're living this particular sin. Maybe it's a sexual sin. Maybe it's some addiction to something. Maybe it is the sin of pride, the sin of anger, or wrath that we, hey, you have to be my way always. Those are all things that can turn us over. That the joy of salvation isn't ours anymore. That our souls aren't, you can say, restored in a loving relationship with the Lord. Others' sins can flip us over. But if you live in a particular sin, you're not close to the Lord. Because that sin is bringing you away. 
But Jesus says, come to me, all you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you're dealing with any particular sin in your life, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I want to restore you to myself. I don't forget about you. I call you. That's why in the church we have church discipline. And discipline starts with one brother, sister, with another brother and sister. Say, hey, brother, sister, you're, you're living in this way. You're, you're distancing yourself from God. The relationship you have with God isn't good if you're living in that particular sin. God wants to restore your soul, set your heart on Christ again, not on these things that are, you can say, pulling you away from him. And then sometimes we can just be in the wrong spot. We, we, don't we pray that? Lead me not into temptation. Sometimes in our foolishness, we're led to places that we just suddenly flip over. And he says, he restores my soul. In all these situations that I can find myself, he, the good shepherd, can restore me. Just like a good shepherd of sheep can turn that sheep over and has a love for the sheep, like Jesus said in the parable of the lost sheep, a good shepherd is able to restore his sheep. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the one who restores the souls of my people. And may you trust him in that. And if you're dealing with any of those things, too much stuff in your life, a particular sin in your life, or just being in the wrong spot, Jesus is calling out to you, come to me. I want to restore you to a relationship with me. And that's why he says he leads me in paths of righteousness, even though this wicked world that we deal with, Satan is still like a raging lion. We're by by our nature, there's sin still there. He still leads me the right way. And sometimes leading us the right way means saying no to our own thinking. I think we've all had stinking thinking before. We think this is the right way, and we know it's wrong. I remember talking to a person who was a, he used to be an alcoholic. And he said, I thought I was doing okay. He was a functioning alcoholic. And there can be functioning all kinds of sins. You can fill in the gap. He says, but I wasn't even realizing it, but I was going totally the wrong direction. I was going to hell. And I didn't even know it. You've heard the phrase, whistling in the dark. That means some people think everything's okay, but they're going the wrong direction. And the good shepherd leads us on the paths of righteousness. He leads us the right way. May you trust his leading in your life. And how do you trust his leading? By knowing his word, digesting his word, and saying, God, I want to live for you. I know I messed up in this area in this area, but you're the good shepherd. You restore my soul so that I start going in the right direction again. And can you ever say, you know what, I've messed up before. He's not going to care for me again. Didn't Jesus say to his, to his own people, for, not forgive seven times, but 70 times seven? If, if, if Jesus 
tells us to do that, don't you think he's willing to do that to you? If you've been cast, you could say, turned over because of just the accumulation of stuff that you're too interested, idols in your life, or living in a particular sin, or being in the wrong place, wrong company, again, he still wants to restore you. He says, come. I want to restore you. I want to lead you the right way again. It might not be as easy. I want to lead you the right way again, the path of righteousness, so that I can... You can, so that you could know you're righteous before God and you're going the right way even though you messed up time and time again. He says, I'll keep bringing you back on that path. May you trust that. And why does he do all this for his name's sake? And may you trust that. That ultimately, it's so that he gets the glory. Um, this, this shepherd told me that, or told me, I read about him, and he, he said, um, it was interesting that as he took better care of his sheep, word got out. That's a good shepherd down there. Hey, if, you, if you want to um, hire him to take care of some of your sheep, yeah, he's a good shepherd down there. Do you want in your life to show how wonderful your shepherd is, how wonderful Jesus is, so other people can say, boy, who is your, who's the, who, what makes you tick? What gets you up in the morning? What directs you in your life? Didn't the apostle Peter talk about that? He said, set apart Christ in your heart. And that means that he is the, you can say the shepherd, your shepherd, that, that recognize I belong to him. Because your heart is what makes you tick, the direction, the one who guides you. When you, when you truly see that, what Peter said, set apart Christ in your heart, then you say, I belong to him. I recognize he has a right over me. His authority, I recognize it. I find freedom in that and purpose and direction. And then the world sees it. And what do they do, Peter says? They ask, hey, what do you, what's this about? Who is your shepherd? Who is your Lord? Who is the one who makes you tick? And you can talk about your faithful Savior. So then who gets the praise? He does. And that's why if you're saying, hey, I, I, I want to be what this psalm says. I want to be led in the paths of righteousness because I just want to be a good and upstanding person. It has to be for his namesake. Because if it's for you, then he's not really your shepherd. If it's all about you, then he's not really your shepherd. For in order for you to say, the Lord is my shepherd, it has to be about him, that he gets all the honor, he gets all the glory. And may that be true in each of our lives, that we say, hey, I want him to, so I want him to be my shepherd so I can lay down in those green pastures so that I, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness so he gets all the glory. And may that be in your prayers too, that God help me this so you get the glory. And therefore, the, as he gets the glory, more and more we get the freedom of living as his beloved children that we experience his great love and his great direction in our lives. Let's pray for that now. Lord God, Father in heaven,
May each of us hear and truly not only confess it with the mouth, but show it in our lives that Jesus is our good shepherd. And because he's in our life, we have all that we stand in need of. And Lord, may that overwhelm us with confidence, with joy, with dedication to you. May you cause us to have a certain joy, a relaxation, and contentment in you, in belonging to you, in being the sheep of your fold. And Lord, we pray that you would keep us from desiring things of this world as if they give us purpose, direction, and hope in life. May we more and more be settled in you, content in you, content in what you give us in the Bible of how to live in relationship with you. May that overwhelm us. May your word more and more be a desirous thing to get into, to read it, to study it, and so that we more and more are fed by you. And Lord, we pray that you would restore our souls over and over again. We, we fail in so many ways, just like a sheep can be turned over. And sometimes we have that in our lives. Because of too many things in our lives, because of certain sins or places or, or environments we're in, sometimes we lose direction. We lose perspective of who we are in Christ. And Lord, may you restore us from that. May you lead us and may we follow in ways that are pleasing to you, the righteous way. Lord, you, you say that in, in faith in Jesus Christ, we are righteous before you. And may we more and more show that we want to be who you say we are that we would flee from sin and walk in your ways. And may we do this all so that we can bring honor and glory to your name. May we be ever eager to tell others that our good shepherd is Jesus. And that brings us hope. That brings us comfort. That gives us joy, direction in our lives. And may others see it. And may we be able to express the hope that we have in Christ in a clear and understandable way to those around us so others also could be brought in to know Jesus as the Good Shepherd.